Okay, this is Igris. We are continuing our Between the Holidays series, where we're talking about Sukkot, and we're not going in any particular order. We're not looking at any particular volume of letters. We're finding letters that have to do with the upcoming holiday, and we're looking into them. This is a letter that is in English. We mentioned it in passing yesterday. Today, we're going to be focusing on it, sort of making it the bedrock of the shir. This is a letter that was originally in English. It is from Zion Cheshvan of the year 1954, so quite an early letter, and you have it on your screen. It is... Here, Shalom Bracha, Rabbi Bumgarten conveyed to me your question as to why it is not the custom of Chabad Chassidim to decorate the sukkah as well as to sleep in the sukkah. The question calls for a lengthier explanation than this letter would permit. However, I trust the following points may suffice. Now, yesterday, we jumped all the way down to the Rebbe's explanation of why we don't sleep in the sukkah, and we talked about that at length. Listen to the prior shir. Here, the Rebbe talks about decorations. And in I don't honestly understand why he gives so much introduction. I'm sure the Rebbe has a reason, but it's not one that I have been that I have merited to understand. The Rebbe gives a long introduction in this letter. He says that I generally have to do mitzvahs with Kabbalah's oil, with divine authority, not on rational grounds, for any reason or explanation you might find in it. One exception is when the significance of the mitzvah is indicated in the Torah, as our sages have connected its fulfillment with it. At any rate, only a qualified person can interpret more fully. So point number one from the Rebbe is, we do mitzvahs with Kabbalah's oil, and your reasons or explanations for it don't necessarily matter. Number two, we have a rule that a mitzvah should be performed to the best of one's ability, and as Rambam explains, at the end of Hilchas Yisrael Mizbeach, it should be performed the best way possible. So the second point is hider mitzvah. So we have point one is that you're not supposed to think about the reasons for mitzvahs, and or I guess attach your own reasons for mitzvahs, and you are supposed to think about the real reasons. Don't attach your own subjective reasons to mitzvahs, and point number two is that a mitzvah should be done as well as possible. Point three, unlike the schach, the walls of the sukkah, and the walls of the sukkah, Decorations are not an essential part of the sukkah. They're an adornment which adds to the enjoyment of the person sitting in the sukkah. They're for me. I like looking at a pretty sukkah. They are, as the name clearly indicates, supplementary objects which beautify the external appearance of the sukkah. So now we have three points. Point number one, what I subjectively think doesn't matter. Point number two, I should do my best when doing a mitzvah. And point number three, noi sukkah is about what I want. Now, point number four, where the Rebbe drives it all home, the attitude of Chabad Hasidim in this connection, as taught by generations of Chabad leaders and teachers, is that the sukkah is to imbue us with certain essential lessons. We're supposed to learn something from the sukkah. They're explained in Hasidic literature and the Talmud literature in general. You'll find that somewhere else. The Rebbe is not going to say what it is here, but the sukkah is supposed to imbue us with certain essential lessons. It's expected of Chabad Hasidim that they should be impressed by the essential character of the sukkah without recourse to the artificial makeup that the frail covering of the sukkah and its bare walls, not adorned by external ornaments, rugs, or hangings, should more forcibly and directly impress upon Jews the lessons it's meant to convey. Basically, we're supposed to be impressed by the sukkah the way it is. The sukkah al-pichasidus is an incredibly holy thing. We're going to, with God's help, learn a little bit about that today. But the sukkah is an incredibly holy thing. When I put my uh, when I put my, uh, my, my little decorations all over it, my silly little decorations, things that were, or my very nice ones, things that I personally find meaningful, beautiful, ornate decorations, this is, I believe, violating rule number one in the Rebbe's letter, which is that we do mitzvahs with Kabbalah's oil, and we don't go looking for subjective reasons in it. I should be impressed by the sukkah the way it is. I shouldn't need to decorate the sukkah in order to feel that it is beautiful. The sukkah is beautiful spiritually. I think that's what the Rebbe is getting at in this letter. In any event, the Rebbe strongly defends the practice that Minik Chabad is not to decorate the sukkah. I will note, as we go over to our source sheet, that it's brought in the Sefer Menhagim Chabad. So in the Sefer Menhagim, it very specifically says that we do not decorate the sukkah. In the Sefer HaMelech Mesibah, where they where they uh, they recorded conversations that happened 
over meals by the Rebbe. On Sukkot of Tavshin Lamed, the first night of Sukkot, somebody asked the Rebbe an interesting question about Noi Sukkah. He said, why does it say explicitly in Sefer Minhagim that we don't do Noi Sukkah, but it doesn't say specifically in Sefer Minhagim that we don't sleep in the Sukkah? Now, these are two very similar in Yonim, so similar that we did back-to-back Shiram on them. The Rebbe has one letter that covers both of them. Nonetheless, Sefer Minhagim very clearly says we do not decorate the Sukkah, it's not our Minhag, and does not say we don't sleep in the Sukkah. So a person asked the Rebbe, why didn't that make it into Sefer Minhagim? And the Rebbe's answer, I heard word for word from the Friedrich Rebbe's mouth, says the Rebbe, that we do not decorate the sukkah. So I was comfortable putting that in the Sefer Minhagen. But when it comes to sleeping in the sukkah, no one ever explicitly said you're not allowed to. The Mitle Rebbe said, I can't imagine that somebody could sleep in the Makif of Bina. We saw that yesterday from the Mitle Rebbe. The Mitle Rebbe says, I don't understand how someone sleeps uh, in the presence of the holiness of the sukkah, but it was never explicitly forbidden. Whereas the Friedrich Rebbe very specifically says that we don't, that's not our minute to put to, to put decorations on the sukkah. So the Rebbe was more comfortable putting that in Sefer Minhagim. This is a very strong Chabad minig, so strong it's in the Sefer Minhagim. Nonetheless, it is a minig that doesn't make a lot of sense on the surface. We're going to see that it makes a ton of sense, but on the surface, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Certainly, our kids are all coming home from school with sukkahs generate with sukkahs decorations, even from the Chabad Cheder. I have a ton of sukkahs decorations that I'm not sure exactly what to do with now. More on that later. Uh, the Rebbe does actually have a letter about what to do with sukkahs decorations, so hopefully we'll get to that. Um, the reason why everybody's so into sukkahs decorations is because very clearly they used to do it, that's for sure. The uh, the Tanaim, the Amaraim, the writers of the Mishnah and the Gemara, they definitely decorated their sukkahs. How do I know? It's Oliver Shas. So the Gemara Masech Shabbos, Chaf Be'ez and Aleph, says, let's say that you covered the sukkah the way you were supposed to, so you put up the schach properly. And then, hang on, I gotta move this over so I can see. And then, and then you covered it with uh, these colorful curtains and these sheets. And that is then you uh, you hung uh, what is this nuts and peaches and almonds and pomegranates and uh, those those parquile or grape branches and then wreaths um, of uh, of stalks and uh, maybe of grain I guess and then wines and oils. And uh, things full of flour, vessels full of flour. These are the decorations people used to use back then. Let's say somebody did that. Also, the stopping man admits You're not allowed to use them until the last day of Sukkot, until the next day, I mean, until Sukkot is over. But if you did make a Tanai, then you're allowed to. Basically, they become Mukta. But the fact is that the Allah isn't really what I'm going for here. The fact is that the Gemara takes it as a given that somebody might have covered their Sukkot with a Skach and then decorated it with all these things that you can find in Evergreen for a low, low price. If you check Sukkah, Mesacha Sukkah, 10b yod amid beis. There's also a discussion of noy sukkah. Itmar. There was a discussion. Noy sukkah muflagim arba. You're allowed to. Uh, let's say that um you put. Uh, your, it's not doesn't say allowed. So let's say let's say that you hung sukkah decorations um less more than arba amis more than uh what about eight feet six to eight feet from the schach of the sukkah. And back then their sukkah's decorations were normally these giant tapestries. So it's almost like you're sitting under. A, no, it's literally you're sitting under a tapestry, not under the schach. And you didn't put it close enough to the schach that it's buckled to it. So what's the din? They say that it's possible because I'm sitting under the noy. I'm not sitting under the sukkah. Rav Chista and Rav Baravuna, Glusa. Anyway, once upon a time, Rav Chista and Rav Baravuna went to the house of the Reish Glusa. Agninu Bar Nachman besukkah shnuya shnuya. Excuse me, shnuya muflagim and arba tefachim. Excuse me, it wasn't arba amas arba tefachim. Arba amas would be an enormous size sukkah. I don't know why I said that. Arba tefachim. So that's what it's a tefach like th- what? Th- how many inches is a tefach? Can anybody remember off the top of their head? 
whatever. Much smaller measurements. A fort tfachim, not amis. Excuse me. In any event, one time, these are the they went to go visit the Reish Golusa. There was no room for them to stay, I guess, in the main sukkah. So Rav Nachman set up a sukkah for them in a, uh, in a and the sukkah that they set up for them had noy. It had decorations that were more than fort tfachim from the roof of the sukkah. Ishtikul, they didn't say, they didn't say anything about it. So he said to them, so the Rabbanim, they didn't protest the fact that they were sitting under a sukkah that according to them wasn't kosher because the noy was hanging too low. The decorations were too low um, relative to the schach. So then Rav Nachman said back to them, have you guys retracted from your earlier ruling that such a sukkah is possible? And they said, no, we're on a special mission. We don't technically have to keep a sukkah, so it's okay that your sukkah is possible. Anyway, these are halachic points. Fundamental point is that we have in at least two gemaras, very clear evidence that there was a practice of noi sukkah. The Reish Galusa sukkah was uh, that was the head of the uh, head of the exiles, the exilarch, I believe is how you say it in English. In Bubble, they had they had decorations on their sukkah. The Atadeb and Shulchan Aruch Rav six twenty seven six explains why it's not a problem le'alacha to sit under these tapestries to sit under noi sukkah. If I go to a friend's sukkah and he has like a I don't know a, a blanket hanging and it's um, right underneath the schach, am I allowed to sit under it? We hold the R and he says in lapsik ben it's not considered a hefsik between the person sitting and the schach, because decorations are considered bottle. They are nullified relative to the sukkah itself, relative to the schach. Why? This is important. Because they are made. Why are decorations there? They're for the needs of the schach, and they cause noah, they cause, uh, they cause beauty, they beautify the schach. So we have from Gemaras that there's such a thing as Noi Sukkah. We have from the Al-Tarebbe Leha Lacha that there's a halachic implication of the fact that the Noi Sukkah, that the decorations specifically are there. They help the Sukkah, they're for the needs of the Sukkah, they beautify the Sukkah. There's a lot of reason for us to put us in Noi Sukkah. Nonetheless, we have a very firm minute that we don't. So on one hand, we have this very nice idea from the Rebbe's letter that I should care about the bare walls and the bare roof of the Sukkah, and I don't need, I don't know, a, a macaroni decoration or those paper uh, linky things across the top of my sukkah in order to feel that I'm in a beautiful place. Nonetheless, it looks like the Tanaim and the Amaraim did, and the Altarev brings in Shulchan Aruch, that it is top, that it is bottled to the schach, and that it is Linaiset, to make it beautiful. So uh, we're going to have to look up some reasons. The Rebbe says he can't explain the reasons in this letter. We have to go looking for some reasons why we have the minig, the strong minig, not to hang decorations in our sukkah. The first reason is one that's basically from Sefer HaSichas, but if you really look back far enough, I think it's more or less a Keser Shem Tov. Uh, the Keser Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov says something that the Frida Kareba sort of expresses in Sefer HaSichas. In any event, Shayla, some, somebody asked the Frida Kareba the following question, this is in Sefer HaSichas uh, from the year Tavshin Dotlet on page 12, near the very beginning. They asked, was the meaning of Lubavitch to make Noi Sukkah? Was the Minigin Lubavitch to have decorations for the Sukkah? Anna Kavan Kedushas Admar the Rayats. The Frida Kadeva answered as follows. But Lubavitch Lehen Negim Noi Sukkah and Lubavitch the Minig was not Noi Sukkah, not to decorate the Sukkah. Lemitachas the Schach Leal Dufanas the Sukkah, not under the roof and also not on the walls. I know that there are some Lubavitchers who think that the Minig of not putting up Noi Sukkah means we don't hang anything, but they'll put uh, paintings or things on the walls. Lachera even on the walls of the Sukkah it is not our Minig to have. Uh, according to the Sicha, it sounds also like that from Sefer Minhagim. Also sounds like that from the Rebbe Sicha. It sounds like we don't even decorate our walls. We don't even put posters on the walls. Pam hevia chassid of Zelka Paritzitz Mimotskva. I don't know who he is. Um, I'm sure that I should. I just I can't pronounce his name. Anyway, a big chassid came one time and he had an eshkel and avim malachti. That means artificial. He had an artificial um, uh, collection of grapes, like you can buy at Evergreen. I just saw a giant. That they they have them all over the place in the stores right now. Artificial grapes. And he wanted to hang these artificial grapes in the sukkah for like talu, but they didn't hang them because not the minute. Etzel the kavu kedushas avi That is the rabbi rashab. Uh, uh, the uh, 
I think, yes. He's saying like, look, look here, uh, by my father, the Rebbe Rashab, it was understood that the people sitting in the sukkah are the noy sukkah, the members, the individuals. Who are the noy sukkah? If your people come to your sukkah, uh, people who aren't familiar with Lubavitch and our customs, they come to your sukkah and they complain, where's all the decorations? This is a great line to say at the table. You are my decorations. This is what the Rebbe Rashab said. Rebbe Rashab understood the individuals sitting in the sukkah as being the decorations for the sukkah. The fear of the Kabbalah's el of the acceptance of the yoke of heaven that we had on Rosh Hashanah, the hard work we did on Erev Yom Kippur, the hard work we did on Yom Kippur, and the Simcha, the great joy of Sukkot itself, were by the Rebbe Rashab, the very, uh, the very, came from the very panemius of the Nefesh. So the Rebbe Rashab is saying that if you really want to know what the decoration is for a Sukkah, it's the people in it who have been working all throughout Tishrei to have a good Rosh Hashanah and a good Yom Kippur. Now, the reason why I say I think this is Be'etzimei Kesar Shemtev is I brought you a Kesar Shemtev as well. There's in the Haisafas, in the back of Kesar Shemtev from the Baal Shemtev, says the Be'eshtat Gezak to the Baal Shemtev would regularly say the following. As I know Sukkah is the simple Kabbalah's El Yidin, Jews who simply accept the yoke of heaven, which sounds to me a lot like what the Rebbe Rashab was saying. The Kabbalah's El Mal Hashemayim of Rosh Hashanah is what makes a person Noy Sukkah. They cause an incredible Simcha on high with their sim with their considerable Simcha of Mitzvah, with the Simcha that they take, the joy they take in doing Mitzvahs, and because of their simple faith. So that is when somebody is in your Sukkah, who has simple faith, who has joy in a mitzvah, who has Kabbalah's oil, who worked hard in Tishrei, who has any of these qualifications, they are the Noisukkah. So reason number one why we don't decorate the sukkah is because we already have the decoration and it's the people sitting in the sukkah. The problem with this answer, although it's a beautiful answer, is that it really doesn't explain why the Tanoim and Amaraim have put up Noisukkah. They presumably also had Kabbalah's oil, of course. They also had Emunadik Yid and Pashdi Yid and they had Kabbalah's oil Yid and they had good people in their sukkah. And nonetheless, they felt the need for Noi. So we're going to have to go a little bit deeper. The second reason is brought in a sikha. And I want to draw to your, I want to draw, um, draw your attention to this, that the Sikha is found in Teres Menachem, it's, in, it's on, from Simchas Tera of Tavshin Lamed. If that year found, sounds familiar to you, it's because back here in the Melchim Masibay, the Rebbe was asked about Noi Sukkah on the first night of Sukkahs in Tavshin Lamed and answered it at his table. Something like, what, six days later, the Rebbe gives the ultimate Noi Sukkah Sikha. The Sikha goes on forever, Baruch Hashem. It's a very long Sikha. It's a very detailed Sikha that has a whole bunch of halachic discussion. But it is the Rebbe's main body of work on Noi Sukkah, and it was delivered only a few days after somebody raised the question at the Rebbe's Yom Tiv table. I just find that interesting. In any event... This is a sikha from Simchas Tera of Tavshin Lamed. We're going to look at a few pieces of it today. I wish I could, I wish we could do it all together. Uh, but I, and I don't even know if we could do the parts that I copied because we just don't have the time for it. It's a long sikha. But I want to point out some of the major points. Okay. The major point that he mentions, first of all, is Api Alacha. There is room to say that you don't have to have sukkah's decorations because of the normal reasons that we decorate things. That is, that there's this idea of Zekeli Ve'anveyu. Of course, it's a mitzvah. Uh, he's not the founder of the mitzvahs. That you have to make mitzvahs very nice. That you should do mitzvahs in a way of hider. There's an idea in halach of hider mitzvah. It's not just something that we throw around colloquially. There's a real halachic gedder of hider mitzvah. What exactly does it mean to be mehadder and to make, a, to make a mitzvah very nice? And the examples that are usually given is, uh, is a Sefer Terah Noah. The Rebbe brings Talis Noah, which is an interesting thing to bring because as I recall, that's a, that's a Rashi that is somewhat subject to debate. In any event, 
that the Rebbe brings that there's all sorts of things with the chafetz of the mitzvah itself. Somebody makes a really nice tefillin. Somebody makes a really nice sefer tero. Somebody makes a really nice talis, really nice tzitzis. That's the lush in the Gemara, tzitzis noah. Really nice tzitzis. I'm using the mitzvah itself and I'm making them as nice as possible. I have done the mitzvah of zekeli ve'an ve'u. I have done hither mitzvah within the mitzvah. However, is there such an idea that I can do hither by things that are attached to the mitzvah? I find this really interesting because somebody asked me somewhat recently whether an esrig case could be called hither mitzvah. And I'll doubt whether a nice mezuzah case could be called hither mitzvah. And I answered at the time that I don't think it's a keli And the reason why I don't think that it's a kind of hither is because I think that it doesn't uh, it doesn't affect the mitzvah itself. It affects something that is a, a side point of the mitzvah, something that the mitzvah doesn't need. Technically speaking, a mezuzah doesn't need a case. Technically speaking, an esrig doesn't need a holder. And I think, or I thought at the time, that, uh, that hither should be concentrated around the mitzvah itself. Uh, that the Rebbe says this beferish in the Sicha. The Rebbe says here, the noy, the decorations, are not in the object of the mitzvah, which in this case is the sukkah itself. It's adding on side things onto the sukkah. It's a kli or levoshiafa. It's a holder. It's a container or it's a nice garment and something like that. In Lashon Gemara, he brings the Gemara from Mesach Shabbos. They would hang all sorts of fruits and things and wheat and stuff around the sukkah in order to make it more pretty. So the Rebbe seems to be saying in the paragraph just as a general aside in, in halacha i'm make, i'm taking a guess here but uh it, it matches what i thought so it's a guess plus a guess and that is i think that we could say that hitter mitzvah probably doesn't apply to anything that is a clear lavush for a mitzvah that the mitzvah doesn't need which means that i think that we, i think i was right when i said that the mezuzah case and the uh, esrog case are not technically hitter mitzvah however the Rebbe does come back full circle and say, the truth is you could say that Noi Sukkah does count as Hidr Mitzvah, but only because Noi Sukkah is an exception to the normal rule, which is that we hold in Halacha, as we saw earlier from the Alter Rebbe, that the Noi, the beauty of the Sukkah, the decorations of the Sukkah are considered bottled to the Schach. They're considered nullified relative to the schach. That's why you're allowed to sit under it. So it could be that Rebbe says that the only time that you're allowed to, that you're able to fulfill the mitzvah of hither mitzvah within something that is not literally part of the mitzvah is when you're dealing with the, the noisukkah because that is but to the schach. I understand that might've been a little bit arcane. I also understand that it was very quick and I apologize. If you want to ask me more about it afterwards, I'd love to discuss it. This is something I'm very excited about at the moment because I've been looking for this for a while. Anyway, after the halachic discussion, the Rebbe says that all of that applies halachically. But let's talk about hergish. Let's talk about a person's feeling. It still doesn't really make sense. So I can explain up here. The Rebbe says that since the noy, since the decorations are technically halachically bottled to the schach, that means they're not really going to uh, going to be any different from the schach. So it's like I'm beautifying the schach. Maybe I fulfilled hitter mitzvahs at At the end of the day, though, I know that the grape that I'm hanging from my schach is a side point to the schach itself. So how do I justify doing it? The Rebbe says, think to yourself the following. The itself. The walls, the, the schach. This is, he mitzvah Hashem. This is a mitzvah of God. It's not just a mitzvah, but it has real kedusha. The schach has kedusha min and the defanus, the walls, have kedusha min rabbanan. This has real holiness to it. This isn't just an object we use for a mitzvah. This has actual kedusha. The Rebbe says, furthermore, it has a special category of kedusha that nothing else in Golis has. The Rebbe says, Al lashem. It says that the sukkah, the holiday of sukkahs is for God. Vidir Gemara says about this in the Gemara, Kashem Shechal Shem Shemayim Al Chagiga, Kach Chal Shem Shemayim Al HaSukkah. The Gemara says that the same way Shem Shemayim, God's name, is put on the holiday, so too the, that might be the Chagiga, that's the carbon Chagiga. In any event, it's probably the carbon Chagiga. Kach Chal Shem Shemayim Al HaSukkah, so too God puts his name on the sukkah itself. So the Gemara tells us, God's name is on the sukkah. 
This means, says the Rebbe, and the Rebbe really runs with this. This is something to know. The Rebbe holds, literally, that the Kedusha that the Sukkah has, has the same kind of Kedusha that an actual animal sacrifice would have, that an actual carbon Chagig would have. That is, the Schach of the Sukkah has the same Kedusha as a carbon. This is the only object you can have outside of Eretz Yisrael, during the exile, and at night, that will still have the holiness of a carbon. Nothing else has this sort of exception. We live outside of Eretz Yisrael right now, at least I do, and... Uh, and some of our listeners, we have, uh, we, it, we, we, we're in a time of Golis, uh, it's nighttime on Sukkot, and nonetheless, we have a Sukkah that has the status of a carbon. The Rebbe says that is very, very unique. How could it possibly occur to a person to take something lofty like a Sukkah, which is literally a carbon. It has such incredible Kedusha. Kedusha's carbon. It has Kedusha's carbon. It's like an animal sacrifice, this Sukkah. And then to decorate it with something that is that is incidental to it, that's outside of it. What place do decorations have relative to such a mitzvah? This makes no logical sense. He goes on to say, when somebody is going to make a sefer terah very nice, that's working with the mitzvah itself. That's what he says in this paragraph. But when it comes to noy sukkah, this is a haraya sukkah atma kinoy kvar. The bin noya kvar. The sukkah is already beautiful. It doesn't need your help. It's already in its place. A person wants to, I'm sorry, that meant not bin noya, that's bin nuya. That is, the sukkah is already built. It's already standing in its place. I come in. So I take this perfectly built sukkah. It's done. It doesn't need my help. And I say that I'm going to come in and make it prettier. Not to give it a holy kind of levush. Something that is beautiful to me. So I'll find it beautiful. This is contrary to the entire idea here. The entire idea of sukkahs is bitl. The entire idea of the entire uh, tishrei is bitl. And uh, that I would take such a holy object that's as good as a carbon and take this object and start putting what I think looks nice on the sukkah is just so alien to the idea of sukkahs. This is very much touching on what the Rebbe said he wasn't going to say explicitly in the letter in English. I think this is now fully explained in the sukkah. It's true, maybe you can justify it, but mitzad hergish by the way a person feels, there's no room for such a thing. It doesn't make any logical sense, it doesn't make any feeling sense that I should be able to decorate my sukkah. Based on this, there would make a lot of sense for us to say, noi sukkah, sukkah decorations are altogether no good. It would make sense to be makhbed, to be strict, never to do noi sukkah because it's a bit of a disgrace to the sukkah to insert my personal aesthetics and to impose my personal aesthetic taste on the sukkah. The Rebbe then says, but the Amaraim did it, right? The Gemara, in the Gemara, in the times of the Ishkulus, they were doing it. So I can't say noi sukkah is itself a problem. What the Rebbe answers in this longish paragraph here that we're not going to read inside is that if a person truly feels that they're, that they're noi, that their decorations are bottled to the schach and that they are bottled to the schach too, then there is certainly room for noi sukkah. That is that the people used to sit in the sukkah in the times of the Amaraim, they didn't see the decorations as beautiful. They saw the decorations as essentially non-existent. They didn't care about the decorations because they didn't care about the decorations and all they cared about was the sukkah, it made sense for them to decorate the sukkah because they were only trying to create noise sukkah, not based on their personal perceptions, but on what the uh, what the minig was to make the sukkah look nice, but that it didn't affect their own, uh, because of their incredible bittal, because of their incredible self-nullification, they were um, they were in a state where they were able to do noise sukkah without inserting their own aesthetic taste onto the sukkah, which is always inappropriate. So what the Rebbe says in this paragraph, basically, is that if you like your sukkah decorations, you're doing it wrong. You, if you like your sukkah decorations, don't put them up. And if you don't like them, then maybe there's room to put them up. But at the same time, uh, the minig is obviously very clearly not to put them up. I want to read this last section, and then we're done for now. Um, going all the way to the bottom here. 
Here we go. Since we already explained that the sukkah has the same kedush as a carbon, even nowadays, which again is just wild. I know the Gemara says in the but the Rebbe takes it very seriously. This sukkah has the same kedush as a carbon. It makes no sense for us to decorate it because it has the kedusha of a carbon. And based on this, we can now understand our custom not to decorate the sukkah. Since the whole idea of sukkah is dependent on the idea that I will be entirely battle that it will be entirely battle if the noise sukkah is not truly nullified relative to the schach itself then we would find that the reason why i'm enjoying sitting in the sukkah is not because of the schach but or not because of the schach alone but because of the decorations i put up and that would really be a tragedy so what the Rebbe says in this final section here kind of drives the whole point home is that if my noise sukkah is not a factor at all, then there's room for me to put up my noise sukkah. But if my decorations are helping me enjoy the, enjoy the mitzvah, then that means that I'm enjoying a piece of pure kedusha, an actual carbon, a literal carbon that Rebbe says I'm enjoying, real kedusha. Why? Because of the fancy tapestries that I put up, because of the fancy paintings I put up, that I'm enjoying this mitzvah because of something that I subjectively foisted onto it. Now, if you go all the way back to this letter in English, look at this point one. Where the Rebbe says in point one in this letter, he says, I'm going to read it again. Generally, a mitzvah must be observed on its divine authority, not on rational grounds, i.e. for any reason or explanation which we may find in it. So he says here that uh, a person is not supposed to do mitzvahs because they find it beautiful. A person is supposed to do mitzvahs because they are beautiful. And putting noise sukkah up, if you can put noise sukkah up without being blinded to the fundamental beauty of the mitzvah, there might be room for it. But the Rebbe doesn't feel we can. So the minik chabad, the strong minik chabad, is not to let anything get in between us and the mitzvah of Sukkah. I do want to make one final note just because a really interesting letter I found. I know we're going a little bit over time and I apologize. Uh, a final note. I found this in a, in um, one of the Heichel Menachem books. This is not a published letter yet. It's from the year Tavshin Mem Vav. So uh, this is published in the Kutei Sichas, but it hasn't been published yet in Igris. Somebody wrote to the Rebbe, not wrote to the Rebbe. Um, yeah, they wrote to the Rebbe. They gave the Rebbe. They gave the Rebbe a painting. It was apparently some sort of an Oriental painting, uh, an Eastern style painting that had a bunch of Kabbalistic ideas about sukkahs all incorporated. It was a very beautiful painting. And they sent it to the Rebbe to be a sukkah decoration. So they sent the Rebbe a sukkah decoration. I guess they didn't know. This is, this is 16 years after the sukkah. But I guess they didn't know that the Rebbe doesn't accept or doesn't use sukkah decorations. The Rebbe writes back, Hatsir, the painting that you sent, Linoi Sukkah, which was for Sukkah's decorations, Niskabo Betadazchen, uh, uh, it, it, was, it was received, and thank you very much. I would like to add that you should be very careful to guard its holiness, and to totally reject, uh, firmly reject, what people normally do with Sukkah's decorations after Sukkah's, after, after uh, Chaga Sukkah specifically, where they just throw Sukkah's decorations away. If this is Noi Sukkah, it is holy, and you shouldn't mess with it. Now, of course, the Rebbe didn't hang this in the Sukkah. There's just no way. I mean, I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. The Rebbe didn't hang this in the Sukkah. Nonetheless, the Rebbe wants it to be treated appropriately because it was designated as Noi Sukkah, and that it shouldn't be thrown away and treated disgracefully. So, as a final note, although it is certainly not our minute to put up Noi Sukkah, the Rebbe seems to have very happily received a gift of Noi Sukkah that he then didn't hang, and also was very careful not to have it be destroyed and told other people to do that too. So as a final note, um, our kids are coming home from school with uh, with uh, with Noisuka. We might receive Noisuka Sukkah's decorations from our friends. This does not from our friends from uh, from guests. This does not mean that we should disgrace them, God forbid, or that we shouldn't be happy with Sukkah's decorations. It simply means that they don't belong in our Sukkah for all of the reasons that we've discussed at length. Okay, that's it. Questions, comments, complaints. What happens if you need a uh, noise sukkah for Sean Bias? Hmm. Hmm. 
ask your mashpia as with all such questions you have to elevate yourself to the level where where you know where they don't it's not your, your battle all that stuff that we talk about you have you know you have to get there quickly it also ties into another topic we've had about the about priorities baruchnius or regashnius right we spoke about that uh last week about uh allowing the woman to make decisions and only certain things do you get in the way that's right and uh we have to be we have to be selective about those uh these sorts of questions something we've talked about at length and that i cannot i cannot hit hard enough is that uh anybody who is doing this chassid thing uh, without a mashpia is operating at such a small fraction of their potential capacity. And these are these are mashpia questions. Uh, these are specifically questions for a mashpia is exactly where to balance these sorts of things with things like shalom bias, with things like your own sense of bittel and your own hitter and your own enjoyment of the holiday. With without without a mashpia who can answer these questions for you, you're 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 missing you're missing half the experience, maybe maybe three fourths. But yeah, these are uh, these are specific questions for specific families. But uh, now you, at least you understand the Indian. What I think this is most important, especially with the sleeping in the sukkah, with the decorating the sukkah, is l'chera the minig chabad in sukkahs in a lot of places is chas v'shalom, but l'chera against the halacha. It looks like that. We're also going to talk with God's help about, about sitting in the sukkah in the rain. A lot of our minhagim on sukkahs look like they're hepecha halacha. And what the Rebbe is doing in each of these sukkahs and letters is he's demonstrating not only are they not against halacha, they are a hidder. I think I mentioned to some of you, I had some bachram over for... What did they come for? They came to Fabreng for something. No, they came for dinner. Dinner, second night, Rosh Hashanah. And uh, one of them mentioned some of these in Yanam and Sukkah and said, well, you know, we're lenient. We don't sleep in the Sukkah. And I said to him, you don't understand Chabad. We're never lenient. If we're not doing something, it's because we're being very, very strict. <laughs> and that is the case, is that we'll find that we uh, we do not have kulas. Uh, never. I don't think we have a single leniency in Lubavitch. Some of the things we do that look like kulas or look like hey, pecha, alacha, chas, end up being incredible chumras. 